The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. James going to be looking at your latest Farm Futures article, which is entitled Stashing Season is Here. It sure is. And uh, I've been playing the stash game with Nick Senzel. And as a Reds fan and owner, I'm really pumped about the news that we'll be seeing him on Friday. Yeah, I am as well. And I was trying to figure out where to slot him into their expected lineup for Friday. Do you think he debuts like in the six hole or something like that? And then eventually has to like sort of play his way up or, I mean, cause to me, he's already a better option near the top than Jose Peraza is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that, is that a no, bold that's statement? Fair. No, the thing is though, I agree that you're right though. They probably will go that route because since they moved Peraza top of the order, he has gotten going a little bit, whether that's, actual cause and effect or just happenstance who knows but he has hit a little better past few games peraza okay well that's that's, so that's good to know is, yeah <laughs> i we'll see i do think it's probably only a matter of time that means too that shebs our, our guy scotty shebs probably out of a full-time role although i do imagine they keep him around and involved to some extent i don't think he should play much at all but uh, maybe this means winker sees a dip in playing time too I hope not, man. I was looking at Jesse Winker's numbers so far this year, and it seems like he's been really awesome and has just been a little unlucky, I think. on like, I feel like that batting average is going to go up as the season goes on, and the fact that he's already shown this much power, uh, I'm really intrigued by, by what Winker's end-of-season stats are going to look like, so I hope they don't cut cut into his playing time. I hope not, yeah. He's got off to like that 0-for-17 start or whatever, it's really been great since then. Shebler has not gotten it going. Puig has been kind of bad, too. So maybe they just have a rotation. Um, maybe they the start Shebler against some, like, the some occasional righty and, yeah. and sit Puig down. Yeah, probably should be a DFA situation, but not, <laughs> not going that route. 
Um, you focus on a couple of players. You you mentioned and you threw out a lot of names for for stashing purposes, but focus was on two players, starting with Nate Lowe. And were you surprised to see him get the call, or do you think that was probably about about right for a team like the Rays? No, I was not surprised, but I was. Uh, I did hate myself because I had. Uh, some backup bids on him in our staff leagues, uh, the stake league in particular, where I just I I rushed through my bidding and uh, ended up getting guys ahead of low that I I wish I did not get so that I could have gotten low uh, before he goes for a ton of money this upcoming Thursday night. But I'm yeah, shocked that he was even out there. Yeah, I mean, because we talked about Keyboom being stashed in that league already. I drafted low and then i cut him loose early in the year and if uh our stake league history has taught us anything <laughs> that, that, that probably means that he's he's <laughs> in for a a heck of a year i knew you're going there <laughs> i don't think it'll be as bad as when i dropped cody ballinger in 2017 a week or so into the season why well, draft a guy in reserves or you're just going to cut no. him a week into the season why why do it <laughs> But hey, <laughs> and then the person who picked him up went on to win the whole league. So I, I blew it there. I don't think Nate Lowe's going to have quite that impact. But what do you think the final numbers could look like for Nate Lowe? I'm expecting, you know, kind of like a median. A median outcome to me would be maybe like a 265 average, uh, around 25 home runs, and uh, OBP kind of in the the mid 300s. You know, he was walking almost. 20% of the time at AAA prior to this call-up, has not been able to regain the all-fields approach that he showed at, at high A and AA since getting the bump up to AAA. He's been pretty pull-heavy there, so I could see, you know, I think teams should at least try to shift on him early and just sort of see how that works, but uh, he's, you know, I think he's going to have an above-average hit tool long term and I you know 70 grade power so really exciting first base prospect he's inside my top 20 and yeah I I think he's got as high of a ceiling as any of the guys we've talked about in recent weeks uh, from Carter Keyboom to Michael Chavis to Cole Tucker like I think low very much could end up being the most valuable of those guys at the end of the year wow that's pretty impressive I mean I I was very much in on Keyboom where he was available. Did you end up getting him in any NFBC leagues? No. Uh, I think we went – well, so in a couple of my NFBC leagues, I just didn't have anywhere where I could have played him. And yeah, I, I have, have too many middle infielders too. That's I would have basically had to wait for him to get second base eligibility later in the year to, to put him in because of having like Correa and Tim Anderson and – yeah, I, I I didn't get too aggressive just because he didn't fill a, a clear need for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he was worth paying up for in, in those formats. Yeah, I I didn't have a spot for him either. I have in the online championship Lindor, Tim Anderson, as you have, and Jorge Polanco, who's dropped in that league. I ended up for this half week putting in uh, Polanco or putting in Kibum over Polanco, but I just didn't want him to go to another team and go off so i figured just hoard some talent right now 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 i went even higher in the 15 team great fantasy baseball invitational for key boom but it was the runner up at 323 i was thought for sure i'd get him but he went for i think 350 something yeah i that was the league where i couldn't really get aggressive uh just because i didn't have anywhere to put him i think i i have uh Eugenio Suarez, Vlad Jr., and Rafael Devers in that league, so my util is clogged up by mm-hmm. a third baseman. And, yeah, I had two shortstops who I like more than Key Boom, so I couldn't get aggressive there. I think we went into, uh, like, around 200 or something. Todd Whitestone and I bid in in the, the main event. That didn't work out. But, um, you know, I, I don't have too much buyer's remorse. I have much more remorse of cutting Nate Lowe loose and then not – getting him back before his call-up because mm-hmm. he is probably going to go for 30 40% of someone's budget, and that would probably price me out. Yeah. I mean, these this first real wave of guys, people are jumping on them and getting aggressive because these guys could be the difference makers in fantasy. Just having them for five-plus months could be uh, some players who really move the needle. Um, the one thing to keep an eye out with Lowe is whether or not he plays against lefties. 
I think that they could start with kind of a soft platoon where they'd sit him against the toughest lefties. But, you know, a lot of people thought Austin Meadows was going to get platooned coming into the year, and he shed that really quickly this season. I think Lowe's talented enough to just kind of force the issue to the point that he's playing every day, but uh, that is something to keep in mind. They could sit him against lefties at least early on. I see. I, I want to know how this closer situation in Tampa Bay is going to shake out. It was a frustrating week last week with the Rays getting four saves and our boy Jose Alvarado getting zero of them. We'll see how that shakes out. I grabbed Luke Jackson, by the way. They're not a prospect, but um, got him last weekend. He was kind of uh, my backup to guys like Key Boom and Chavis. And he, wa- he once was a prospect. Yeah. Long he time ago. Long time ago, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, A.J. Minter is just a disaster right now. So we'll see at least Luke Jackson pitching well and somebody who I thought I could get some saves out of in the short term. But let's move on, James, to your latest article again entitled Stashing Season is Here. And no surprise that your number one stash uh, hitter to stash is Nick Senzel. Going to be up Friday again. Looking forward to that. Jordan Alvarez is two. Was it close or was it Senzel Alvarez and then the, the bunch? You know, Alvarez is just such a tough guy to to know how to properly value right now in redraft leagues because I think his upside is just absolutely insane. Like, I think he could hit for a very high average. Uh, I basically kind of do, you know, a, a JV version of what we expect Vlad Jr. to do this year. I think Alvarez is capable of that, but he there's just kind of a roster crunch situation in Houston where unless they suffer an injury, they are going to have to make some tough choices. I know they like Tony Kemp uh, probably just as much for his intangibles as anything he brings on the field, but you know they might have to make a decision where they d- DFA Tony Kemp or you know I would probably consider DFAing Tyler White. I don't necessarily think they'll do that, but uh, that something like that's going to have to happen for Alvarez, but his upside to me is just so extreme that he gets the edge over the rest of these guys as a as a stash candidate. Very nice. What about Luis Urias? I know he was sent down and then went on just like a crazy couple game tear. Do you think he's back up and playing regularly pretty soon? I think that that's a decent bet. I think it's just one of those situations where the player has mastered one level and has not gotten going at the highest level and in those situations i i always tend to think especially a a guy that's uh as old as urius where i think he's 22 uh i i usually bet on the player figuring it out eventually and i think that he is maybe maybe he's not a massive defensive upgrade over ian kinsler but he's a he's a massive defensive upgrade over ty france who is is getting some run at the keystone for them right now so I think we see Urias at some point in May, and I, I hope that this is the time it clicks because they've shown a pretty quick trigger in terms of shuttling him back and forth. Uh, I know that A.J. Preller and the Padres are kind of impatient in terms of speeding up their contention window this year. That They showed that with their opening day roster, but I think they really need to keep their eye on the prize of like 2020, 2021, 2022 and just sort of let Urias get into a, a bit of a groove at the plate. Yeah, I know you've always been an Urias guy, and it's just the hit tool is so easy to fall in love with. Hopefully some more power against the Major League Baseball. I think that was the, the thing that you know, when he went down, he was just he hit like a bunch of homers in a, a couple he had, games. He so. had five home runs in two games. Yeah. Jeez. So hopefully with the extended run against the Major League Baseball, he could do some damage in that department. A real quick note. Uh, tired of the grind trying to win on DraftKings or FanDuel, spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose the over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap. With Prize Picks, it's just you versus the projections. Prize Picks has new boards of selections up every day covering players from Major League Baseball, the NBA, PGA, NHL, UFC, NFL. NCAA football, and more. They are also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries so you can go under on Durant while taking Tiger on the over. Prize Picks really is daily fantasy simplified. Visit rotowire.com slash prize picks to sign up now 
or use promo code WIRE when you download the Prize Picks app. James, moving on, more hitters to stash. Jorge Mateo, a guy we've talked about a lot. Um, anything new to add with Jorge Mateo? No, not really. Just that uh, Jerks and Profar's issues are on both sides of the ball right now. And, and Has he I, got the yips or something? I saw you tweeting about that. What's going on? Yeah, I think he's got maybe six throwing errors already this year. Uh just not a good situation. It's really too bad that he doesn't have any minor league options because I think that that would be the best case for everyone involved. Like I, I don't think this is a situation you want him working through at the highest level, but uh, he's out of options, so kind of a kind of a waiting game there. But yeah, I think Mateo makes more sense than Franklin Bretto at this point as a potential replacement for Profar. Interesting. I saw on Twitter somebody saying nobody's talking about Kevin Biggio. Well, we've been talking about him. <laughs> on our various channels, this show, the MLB Network Radio Show, which is this week at uh, 6 Eastern. Please tune in or catch it on demand if you can. Uh, Bijia, though, just really hitting well, and I don't see what's stopping the Blue Jays now that they've secured that extra year of control. What's stopping them from bringing him up in the near future? No, I agree, and he's at that age. I think he's 24 already where – yeah, like just get him up and just sort of see how he does this year. I mean, they're they're playing Eric Sogard right now and Brandon Drury and Alan Hansen, just guys that clearly aren't going to profile when when this team's ready to contend in three or four years. So yeah, I would I would see what you got in Vigio. Lourdes Gurriel is also breaking at AAA right now, and they're kind of interchangeable because I think they both profile as super utility guys. Uh, well, he was was Guriel. He kind of had troubles on both sides too. Didn't yeah, he, he did. Uh, I've I've heard he hasn't made any errors since going back down to AAA, and he's been been raking. So I think you know it's possible that he comes back up before Biggio gets the call. But I, I'm sure most Blue Jays fans and and fantasy owners would prefer to see it the other way around. Biggio, incidentally, has played at second base, first base, uh, third base, and the outfield so far this year at AAA. So he's definitely getting groomed for a role where he'll be moving around quite a bit. Nice. Next up on the list, Kyle Tucker. And what a fall for him just in a little over a month's time. Slow start, probably behind Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez for a call-up. And, um, yeah, just not seemingly room for him right now. But is your outlook for Tucker pretty much the same Long term, as as it was before the year started, uh, I yeah, I mean like ninety, ninety two to ninety three percent, probably, but a little sour, and it's souring. I shouldn't, you know, it's definitely not a lock that Tucker or that Alvarez gets the call ahead of Tucker, and I've tried to lay this out before, but I don't see their promotions as related. Like I think that they are guys that are going to be occupying completely different roles in terms of what positions they'll be asked to play. So I just don't see, I don't see it being an either, or I think that maybe if they like say, say Jake Marisnik lands on the IL in a week or two weeks, I think Tucker would make more sense as his replacement than Jordan Alvarez because Tucker can play all three outfield spots. Uh, But if Tyler White, lands on the IL, then it would definitely be Alvarez. Interesting. Austin Hayes, Oscar Mercado, Austin Riley, uh, in that order on your top 12 hitters to stash. Seems like Austin Hayes, I mean, what's, I don't get what the holdup is here. Was he hurt? I think he's still on the IL. Uh, So it's it's a matter of just, you know, I think he's going to be back pretty soon. Uh, And then once he's back, I really don't think it's going to be that long. As long as he can kind of pick up where he left off this spring where he was just you know one of their best players in camp uh, before going down with that injury and yeah I think Hayes is you know this this part of the list I mean you can mix it around however you however you want but I think Hayes will be up at some point in the first half. Nice and Austin Riley I would say like with Donaldson on the bench again with a calf today maybe it's time to make uh, Austin Riley more of a priority, but they have a guy in Johan Camargo who's just tailor made to step in there. Yeah, I, I love Camargo too, and that that's a nice uh, nice guy to have on the bench uh, for an injury like this. Um, Riley has really heated up at AAA recently. I know he got off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, I just want to see uh, what he's been doing. I think he 
Yeah, he had home runs in three straight games uh, last weekend, and then he hit two home runs uh, today. So he's uh, really heating up, hitting 293 now at AAA, and he's cut down the strikeouts quite a bit over this past week. He's, you know, less than a strikeout per game over the past uh, nine days after striking out quite a bit to start the year. So, yeah, he's he's definitely rounding into form. Very interesting. Keston Hira falling a bit for you on your, um, you know, redraft stashes down to 10. Do you just think it's a situation where he kind of needs the year to, to develop? He's had a really weird start to the year at AAA, just striking out a ton and still doing a ton of damage because of the, the ball at, at AAA. But just kind of out of character for him. Uh, you know, I think him and Kyle Tucker both just sort of out of character starts to the season where I know that some of their Dynasty League owners were a little bit worried. But I think here, uh, kind of like Riley, the the strikeouts have been down over the past week or two. And I think he's also rounding into form. I just I think the Brewers are probably waiting uh, a few months there unless they, they deal with an injury or something like that. Nice. And rounding off the top 12, Brendan Rodgers, Matt Dice. I know, you know you're not a big Rodgers guy, but they're not getting a ton out of out of their second base guys. I mean, I like McMahon, but not another question that we could see Rodgers at some point in the first half. Yeah, and Rodgers is off to a uh, better start to the year than I would have expected. So uh, he's certainly got performance on his side in this one. Just sort of, it, it would seem... I don't know. I I think it's they've got so many mouths to feed there. It just seems like introducing another one just because of a, a hot start at AAA seems a little counterintuitive to me, especially with McMahon and Hampson healthy. Uh, but it's definitely not something we can rule out, especially as we get into mid to late May. Yeah, I'm ready to. You know, I'm willing to take the L on Hampson. Not that I really had him in many places, but I was optimistic. I think it's partly, though, that their philosophy and just jerking the guy in and out of the lineup, not really giving him regular opportunities. Yeah, they they handle young players differently than I would handle young players. And it's not, you know, it's not just the Rockies that do frustrating things, but it seems to be they're more often than not, they're they're doing something that we just don't really agree with the way they're handling it. And yeah, I mean, I, I've Rogers. Somebody asked me in the uh, Reddit AMA I did today. I think whether I would, or maybe it was on Twitter, whether I would trade Brent or uh, Garrett Hampson for Nico Horner in a dynasty league. I, I think I would take Horner there. He's really impressed. I think he's on the shelf right now, at Double A, but he's off to a really hot start. Hampson stock is is definitely down in dynasty leagues just because of this logjam and the fact that it's tough to see exactly when the regular bats are going to open up for him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, real quick note from our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. America's pastime is back. The smell of the grass, the crack of the bat, and now that sensation of money burning a hole in your pocket. Just play Yahoo Daily Fantasy and find a baseball contest that's right for you. Go head-to-head against a friend friend or find someone online. With quick match, you'll go up against another player of your skill level. Play for free or for cash, but the best part is there's no management fee. You keep 100% of your winnings or play in groups for a larger pot and bigger bragging rights and guaranteed prize pool contests. Every day there's a no-management fee contest, meaning we take nothing and all players have a better chance to win. And for you really obsessive fans out there, you can set up a league that can spend anywhere from two contests to an entire season. Yahoo Daily Fantasy is easy to play. Just deposit some cash, choose a game, and get to winning. You uh, Come make a deposit and get started. Use promo code ROTO25 for $25 in free play with your first deposit. The sooner you get to playing, the sooner you can get to winning. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy today. You could be celebrating tonight. Now, James, on to your top 12 pitchers to stash. No real surprises up top in fours, Whitley, Jesus, Lazardo. Really good to see Lazardo making progress with the shoulder injury. Yeah, absolutely. Only We've only really heard good things out of his recovery, which is very encouraging. You know, we, we've, like with Brent Honeywell, he suffered a setback in his recovery from Tommy John surgery. So it's, it's really good to just see guys like this, uh, everything going along smoothly. 
I think Lizardo is sort of trending towards uh, possibly a mid-June debut in the big leagues. Very nice. And Whitley just any time, really, right? Like, could could come whenever there's a need. Yeah, his numbers aren't great at AAA right now. He's uh, given up uh, a few homers dealing with that uh, that ball at AAA. He's also, uh, you know, couple more walks than you would like from him so far this season but he's he's still missing bats at a high clip and uh i'm sure they've yeah uh, he's still a guy that i think you pretty much have to hold if you drafted him just because of the upside nice now corbin burns is next up and i cut corbin burns in our auto new league just 12 teamer it is a keeper but i just couldn't really afford to hold him around anymore did you end up picking him up yeah. Were you the one? Yeah, I scooped him up. How much did you pay for him? I uh, just matched. Uh, the $6 was the lowest okay. I could go on him. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Burns believer, and maybe I'm just being a homer, but he's he's been really good at AAA since going down there, and I think it's just – I think he just got done in by that brutal schedule they had to start the year. And I, I look back on that. One of the things that I just never – considered uh particularly with this brewers team is i should have just looked at that april schedule and been like why do i want to draft any of these brewers starters when they're probably all going to have crappy months of april <laughs> going it's up against the dodgers schedule. and the cardinals and yeah. the dodgers again and i um, got the reds for three so. yeah <laughs> yeah so it it was tough for him to get going but i think if if burns has been dropped in your league i would i would prefer to stash him than these these next pitching prospects we're going to get to nice i think you know i, I defer to you 99.999 percent of the time but i think i'd rather have dylan Cease myself I, I still have some optimism for burns but the fastball is just getting crushed it's not a bad fastball right like it's it's not like just uber straight he can he's got some movement yeah, it's this this new uh, approach uh, that big league hitters have. Uh, I saw Eno Saris wrote something about that, I think, today. And it's just guys are taking these massive cuts early in the, early in the, the count. And it's basically like if, if someone makes a mistake over the plate, it's getting crushed. Or if someone even just throws any pitch – around the plate it's it's getting crushed and burns was just getting way too much of the zone with his fastball throwing it kind of right into the bat path so he's gonna have to work on that obviously but um yeah i just i i like the stuff uh a lot still i think the the off-speed stuff is absolutely dynamite um i wouldn't argue like to me even like one two three four five on this list i wouldn't argue if you told me Cease should be number one here, or Zach Allen should be number one here. Burns should yeah. be number one. Like it's it's certainly in the eye of the beholder. Uh, so I have no issue with you saying you'd prefer Dylan Cease. So I've at number four. Yeah, I just you make a good point about. Seems like uh, hitters aren't really letting those get me over pitches early in counts get over anymore. They're just jumping on them. Um, it's just math that when you're down o one versus one o, it's. It's a big change, so they're just not sitting back. There's a lot of aggressive hitters early in counts, it seems like, this season. Um, especially Cody Bellinger is kind of leading the charge with that. Now, the reason I'm so interested in Cease is just because the opportunity seems to be there and the division is really bad. So I look at Cease, and there's a lot to like. I mean, they already booted Irvin Santana, right? They got they had Manny Benuelo starting some games. Seems like this, should, this kid should get the call in a hurry. Yeah, I think... I think we probably see Cease up before we see Whitley or Lizardo, um, and he's got a really high, you know, he's got a really high ceiling. He's a top fifty prospect. He's uh, good at generating weak contact. He's good at missing bats, and he's over the past year, year and a half, he's really silenced a lot of critics when it's come to his durability, uh, which has been a really good sign for him. And he's he's improved his command. Uh, a guy that has been rostered for a couple weeks, I believe, already in our Roadwire Stake League. So it's it's been stashing season with Dylan Cease. So mm-hmm. if he's out there, go get him right now. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to like in the NFBC seeing how much he goes for. Um, what do you? I want to ask you really quick about the NFBC. I know that's that's yours and mine. Uh, that's our favorite platform to play on. Do you? I, I saw I think Eddie Almaguer uh, tweeting about this like a week or two ago where he would like 
the NFBC to change their policies and allow stashes prior to call-ups. Where do you stand on that topic as it as it pertains to NFBC leagues? That's a good a good question, and I think Eddie raised some good points. And that was something last year that was kind of fun about TGFBI, just being able to speculate. I think it goes both ways, and you know, if you're speculating and stashing players. You, know, you don't have that immediate depth that you can turn to for the half week. So I think, well, I, I don't think it's a great advantage to be able to stash guys. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, I, so I think, you know, I think there's skill that should be rewarded if you are good at, like, you know, if you wanted to pick up Nate Lowe last week or Carter Keyboom two weeks ago or Michael Chavis three weeks ago, like, I think you should have been allowed to do that because that was you being more prepared or more on top of things than the rest of your league mates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I tend to lean that way too. And I, but I also agree with you that like, that doesn't mean the people that know a bunch of prospects are going to have an advantage because a lot of times it goes too far the other way where people are using too many bench spots uh, on those stashes. So it's, and guys don't always pan out. Right. Right. So, I just I think you should be kind of allowed to either score or screw up via stashing rather than just be sort of beholden to having to wait till a guy does get the call. But that's mm. I know I'm sure there are guys that have played in the NFBC for much 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 longer than I have that would disagree because of that's the way it's always been and everything like that. But I do think it's as as that uh, website and those contests get more and more popular every single year. I think it would be a nice improvement if they did allow you to to stash players uh, before they get the call. Yeah, I kind of like that idea too. I mean, I I do think there's good and bad, but I tend to lean toward your side that you know let guys speculate. It's not always going to work out in their favor. In fact, a lot of times they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, like I did last year in TGFBI, where I picked up Eloy about three or four different times. <laughs> it didn't hurt me, but it was still a situation where I was just wasting right. wasting time and effort and fab dollars to, to pick up a guy. And <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, who who really would have picked up Nate Lowe last week? I mean, only the I – mean, maybe you and some other really keen players, but it's not like you know, if you did allow this, like every prospect in baseball would be stashed. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not, but maybe it would in- – Prove the pool of players that are in the big leagues, right? And yeah, it yeah. and it would make people make tougher decisions on like holding on to a guy like Scooter Jeanette or something like that through a, a lengthy mm. injury. Like, it's a good point. Yeah, it's just widening the player pool, making uh, the player face more tough decisions. Yeah, I mean, it it so separates good and bad players. I wouldn't be surprised if that that happened in the the coming years. I think that they probably want to appeal to the widest uh, group of players they can. And I, I just can't picture people not playing the NFBC because all of a sudden they, they start letting people roster prospects. Yeah. I love the NFBC, but I would, I think I'd love it's, it even more. If, if I want it to grow to this like massive, I, I know it's already huge, but I, I think the NFBC is just kind of the future of fantasy baseball because it's tailored specifically to fantasy sports. It's not like, a a big website a big media conglomerate like holding these leagues where there's a bunch of shaky features on uh whether it's the player pool or just you know whatever the the admin side of things like i I love the nfbc and just only want to see it get more and more popular yeah i mean just looking at the number of teams in the online championship from last year to this year it seems like it's really growing and i'm with you that it's only going to continue to grow and i hope to see that as well now zach gallon was the next a pitcher you wrote up to stash number five on your top 12 and he was the player you focused on for for a large portion of your article you just wanted to kind of dive deep and kind of see you know the players aren't just static beings they're continually improving and um, their skills degrading in some cases but uh, you kind of wanted to see what the current version of Zach Gallon looked like yeah, and this uh, our buddy Ian Khan who does the the dynasty rankings uh, on the site, he hit me up and was just, you know, what do you think is that gallon? And I kind of was getting ready to give him the stock answer that I've been given everyone for the past like month or so. Like I know that his fastball velocity is up and that's great. And he seems to have pretty good control. But uh, 
I didn't myself like I I know that the the public scouting reports on him are just wrong because they have his uh, fastball as a low 90s pitch whereas he was uh in the mid 90s during spring training so we know that that part of these these public scouting reports are wrong and so I just wanted to see what the rest of the pitches look like for him because I I am struggling it's it's getting harder and harder I think to find uh minor league video content because of the because MILB is is going around trying to stop team accounts from tweeting out video which I think is just a hilariously dumb idea by them but uh they they don't want us looking at these cool players so we have to go kind of dig for that stuff ourselves. and so I watched his most recent start against a loaded uh, round rock lineup that's the Astros AAA affiliate I know it used to be the Rangers um and I just wanted to kind of see what the the rest of his stuff looked like uh, so I've got some clips in here of his fastball, his changeup, his curveball, as well as uh, two of his worst pitches from the outing, just to kind of show the the downside there. And uh, I think what I was most impressed by with Gallon is just his ability to to effectively change speeds and just really keep hitters off balance because he comes out like right away and he's throwing his whole arsenal at you. He's got that mid nineties fastball that he's, he's pretty good at locating to both sides of the plate. And then, uh, he's got a, a changeup that to me, it was, it was a plus pitch. You know, he gets Jordan Alvarez swinging on it in, in the first time he faces him for, for a strikeout. He got a pretty ugly swing from Kyle Tucker on that changeup. It really has excellent late, uh, late drop. It just kind of falls right off the table. And that's to me his going to be the, the pitch that really, defines him early on if he's going to have big league success i think that'll be his his primary out pitch but he also can break off a, a pretty nice curveball he i mean he did hang one that that got taken out in this game but the the curveball at least will flash as a is a swing and miss pitch and you know to me that that makes him a, a guy that could be a number three starter as early as this season once once he gets the call it's impressive man i I appreciate you including these gifts. Um, stuff looks pretty nasty. Yeah, I, um, obviously didn't see as much of Zach Gallon as you did, but yeah, the yeah, most pictures can look good when you break it down to GIF form, you know. But uh, I, mean, I appreciate you including the mistakes in here too because um, that's important as well. Um, do you know what the divide is between that fastball and the change? Like, what's what's he working with the the golf there in, in philosophy? I don't know what the I don't know what the changeup was sitting at mm-hmm. here. Uh, okay. It seems like he's, you know, you a lot of times the hitters will just sort of tell you how good the stuff is, and uh, the hitters, from what I saw, they just were off balance the entire outing. You know, I think they. They were able to punish uh, his worst pitch of the day and and take that out. But you know you got really good hitters like Miles Straw is is really good at making contact. This isn't his first go around at AAA, and he was just completely guessing on the the fastball and the changeup, and uh, was struggling to time anything up. And to me, that that says that the the gap is is right where you'd want it to be. Very nice. And now the whole Marlins staff really pitching well, but. I mean, I don't think any of those guys are really going to be a major obstacle to, to Gallon. So when do you expect to see him? Well, who do you think has been the the worst of them? That's a good question because like, Pablo Lopez probably in terms of results, but he's been great under the hood. I mean, Urania? Urania's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, Urania or, or Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, uh, Alcantara's taking a step back, hasn't he? Yeah, he had that great first start of the year. Yeah. Everyone was freaking out, and he's been very mediocre since then. Uh, yeah, a couple homers, I think, yesterday. Yeah, I think, I mean, really, you know, Caleb Smith, I, to me, Caleb Smith and Pablo Lopez shouldn't go anywhere. I think that both of those guys have FIPS under three so far this season. Jeez. But, uh, I mean, any of those other three, Alcantara, Urania, I think they'll probably be patient with Trevor Richards, but. Yeah, I think Gallon at this point they they've got to want to see what they've got in this guy, and, and mm-hmm. maybe they're waiting for a, a nice part of the schedule where he can get a pretty comfy matchup his first time out or something like that. But uh, I would expect him to spend more of May in the big leagues than at AAA. 
Very nice. Nick Pavetta next up here. And there was some talk that they were considering moving Pavetta to the bullpen, but uh, he, he kind of nipped that in the bud or tried to with a 13K performance at AAA. So I think um, I think personally that he'll probably get another look in their rotation. But the fact that they're publicly saying they're considering a move to the bullpen is pretty telling. Yeah, where did, what did you think about where I had him slotted? I, I feel pretty good about, right. about him being behind those first five. And then, you know, the rest of these guys are just totally speculative, uh, minus Tyler Beattie, who might get a spot start this week. But, uh, like, you just don't know the next time Bryce Wilson's going to get a fair shake in the rotation. Uh, Corbin Martin, Louis Thorpe, Sean Anderson, Mitch Keller, like, those guys could be up in a month they could be down for three more months it's just tough so that's where i slotted pavetta i think that you know to me in a 12 team league he's been a drop in a 15 team league meh, maybe you hold mm-hmm. on to him but you know i i think i would rather have zach gallon at this point than nick pavetta for for 2019 yeah the key to walk rate always looks good but just too hittable in the zone and I, i'm not not over think, the moon about stashing Pavetta. Do you think he's kind of like a almost sort of a poor man's version of Burns, where it's just the the strikeouts are there and the his whole approach to pitching has just been completely yeah uh, blown up by by this current offensive environment. Yeah, it's a tough environment to pitch in, man. And we knew that Pavetta had a homer issue in the past, and now the issue is just amplified, but. Uh, I don't think they're going to pull the plug on him as a starter yet. I mean, if they haven't done that with Vince Velasquez for however many years, I, th- I think they're going to probably have a decent leash. But I was surprised to see that they're saying publicly that they were considering that with, with Pavetta. A real quick note before we move on, it's Daily Fantasy Baseball on draft. you got to check it out. Not like the other guys. On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. Drafts last for just one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, just set it and forget it. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. I really like that you know, I don't have to play the percentages and try to you know, hit on every single roster spot um, and find guys to differentiate because I have my own team with all unique players that nobody else has rostered. I like that format. You can join me on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, all RotoWire Prospect Podcast listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RotoWire. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using my promo code RotoWire when you make your first deposit. Search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and enter promo code RotoWire. Now, James, you mentioned a lot of the other names on this list. Bryce Wilson, Corbin Martin, Lewis Thorpe, Tyler Beatty, Shauna Anderson, Mitch Keller. You know, I kind of like Keller's skills, but they really don't seem to be in any hurry to bring this guy up. He's not off to a good start either. Mm-hmm. I think that they would have – I think this is a front office. That you you kind of almost saw it with that Cole Tucker promotion, that this is the front office that – uh, would like people to stop making fun of them for their horrible trades in in recent years and would like people to start talking about good stuff that they're doing. And so I think if Mitch Keller was was ready, he'd be up, but he's just walking too many guys right now. And you know, fastball command is supposed to be kind of his top trait, really. Yeah. And, and uh, not, not, uh, not working for him right now. And so the the whole run scoring environment at Triple A is is just as crazy as it is in the big leagues. So I don't want to hold that against you know these guys like Force Whitley, Mitch Keller. Don't want to necessarily hold that against them, but that does just kind of make what Zach Gallen's doing against Triple A hitters with the Triple A ball uh, that much more impressive. Like you can't give guys like Whitley and Keller a pass without also giving proper due to the guys that are having a lot of success. That's why you got to feel pretty good about Corbin Burns getting on track. Right. Yeah. I, I figured. Think, I well, I feared that he'd go down, and the long ball would still be a big problem. It's, yeah. I, I mean, I I assume he's trying. Like, you want to if you're going to try a whole new approach, uh, which I think he probably has to do to kind of uh, nix this long ball issue. It's much easier to do that at AAA in kind of a more controlled environment like that, where wins and losses don't necessarily matter. 
so yeah, it's it's good to see. I mean, it's only been two outings for Burns, so I mean, he could just he could easily get lit up his next time out. But yeah, it is it is encouraging that he's uh, had more success down there. Absolutely. Now, James, anything else you want to mention prospect wise before we move on? No, I think that uh, I think that's it. Well, I I mean, be, would be remiss to not uh, give praise to Casey Mize on that no hitter and his his double A debut. You know, I don't know. Oh, right? Yeah. I don't really know what how much more he's going to need in the minors. To be honest, you know, I I thought uh, I thought him and Matt Manning would probably just go step for step with each other. Uh, and then kind of debut around the same time. But, we, I mean, we really might get to a point in, like, July where they just bring Mize up because it's like, what else, what's the point of having him pitch in the minors anymore? Yeah, absolutely. Well, good stuff, James. We really appreciate it. I will be getting in on the stash more so than I already have. Uh, but I really can't wait to plug Nick Senzel into my Friday lineups. That's a stash that's going to be – Hopefully paying big dividends. I'm just excited because of the vertigo and the injuries last year. Finally on the verge. Um, James, next up, though, the countdown, the, the most memorably bad hip-hop singles. And I just got a layup here this week. Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Vanilla Ice. I mean, it, it's got to be on the list. Um, I remember vividly my one of my brother's friends like had to like lip-sync this uh, for like a school video and it was a really popular song, not a good one though. I I don't even like think of this as like hip hop, but I guess it is. I mean, I, I think of it as just kind of like uh car- cartoonish like yeah. just <laughs> it's it's bad, that's for sure. So yes, it it certainly qualifies for this list. Uh mine is one that I you know, again, I'm my preparation on this list is is lacking. Uh same. But the mediocrity of these songs is not like is not lacking and this is a song that i would probably save to put number one overall if oh, wow. if i wanted to do all the homework and but it just it I, I wanted to get it out of the way so i didn't have to do too much digging for this week's submission and it is a song that i am guessing you've probably never even heard because i i would assume you've avoided it uh but uh, it's Holy Grail by Jay Z featuring Justin Timberlake. Ooh, thankful to say I've not heard that. It uh, was out on the Jay Z Magna Carta Holy Grail album, which had two to two to three bangers, but the rest of it was pretty poor. And this was just about as bad as it gets. I mean, I don't really like the the hook by Justin Timberlake, but Jay Z's lyrics on this song were really kind of uh an ugly moment in his career it's it's really it's really bleak stuff and fortunately uh we're not gonna have to worry about adding it to that spotify playlist because it's it's only available on title yeah that's a shame it won't be on that on that playlist but let me ask you something you texted me a couple of weeks ago i don't know if you even remember this uh, I was like on the verge of going to sleep, so I didn't really think about it much at the time. But you said you wanted to maybe start comparing rappers to Game of Thrones characters. Who did you compare Jay Z to? I don't really remember. That. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, this was a, a half baked idea, to to say the <laughs> least. But uh, I I think Jay Z kind of reminds me a, a little bit of Cersei in in Game of Thrones. Which Ooh, that's quite a. It's not a very flattering comp. <laughs> well, hey, she's uh, she's still alive, um, oh, she, which okay. is something that not a lot of people on that show can say. But and she she got to rule the Iron Throne, so you know I think that that there, there's some parallels there. But I I didn't uh, I love Jay Z. I mean, I but yeah. I I didn't necessarily mean it to be uh, all that complimentary. When you sent me that, I was like trying to think of some comps, and I was like, I can't even. Think of any like who's a little like a uh, little finger, like that could be like <laughs> little finger would be like who's a rapper like Jermaine really Dupree? Yeah, even worse than that. Okay, how do yeah. how, even worse than Jermaine <laughs> Dupree? <laughs> yeah, because little finger is just. I guess JD would be a fine one. I just was trying to think of some real. Maybe he's like Chris Brown or somebody like some. Real, <laughs> 
an RB, a hookman. Yeah, a hookman. That's about right. But yeah, maybe that'll be one that I have to flesh out more, but I can. We, we, we probably just, we can leave it. We there. can just kill it. Just leave it dead. Well, appreciate you guys listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. We'll talk to you all next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.